Good morning and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece. I am here with Samantha Tredelius and Jen Tovani. Good morning, gals. Good morning. Good morning. We are joined today with the voice of Steel, Diana Steel. Good morning, well good morning. Radio personality. I, it's it's actually I'm I'm feeling very self conscious about the way my voice sounds right now, which is interesting. I actually don't listen to these podcasts back because I mm -hmm. don't like the way I sound. And now I'm sitting here with you, and it's it, like my anxiety is high. So I need to stop talking <laughs> and say hi. Guys, to make you feel that way, let me teach you a really quick trick. So a lot of women tend to talk through up here, right? So you're through the upper part, through your nasal. If you put your hand right on your, um, right at the top of your chest, you will hear your bass. And that's, if you talk through your diaphragm, right? You have a lower tone and then you have a, it's a much more soothing. So I had to train myself to do this. So it's a much more soothing vibe when you're talking in a lower tone. Uh, then if you're trying to project up here through this part of your voice. So just something you can play with. Wow, voice coaching at you know 10 a.m. This is awesome. Yeah. Just, voice uh, coaching, life yeah. coaching. I mean, Diana yeah. is a woman of many talents. Um, her background in radio and broadcasting is really something I find mega fascinating. The stories and just the, the personalities you've been around through your career. I mean, how, what even got you into it initially? And you've been on the radio for, my God, how many years now? You know, five. Um, so uh, I don't want to say how old it is. I'd say I started when I was 17. Um, so, I mean, we're talking almost 40 years. Dang. Uh, but what started me was I was in eighth grade in a career day and I always wanted to be a newscaster. I always thought that was a cool gig. And mostly when I grew up, hence the age, it was mostly men. Women didn't have a big role um, and not even weather. And then women became like the cornerstone of weather. Um, but I had an interest in it. We had a career day. We had a guy from the local, this was in Chicago. We had a guy from a local station come in. He was a sportscaster. Uh, that's close to broadcasting. So I was the only girl in the room and all the guys were like, you can't be in here because this is sports. And do you even know what sports is? I'm like, wow. Okay. I'm staying in this class. Um, and so I got to hear this really drab sportscaster talk about his gig. And I just liked the idea of being on camera. So throughout my high school years, I um, got involved in everything, really everything I could possibly get involved in so that I got that. I think a lot of it was attention um, what did my 15 year old called me? Um, oh my gosh, when he comes downstairs, I'm going to ask him, he had a name for me. And, um, it's what they call the girls at school who need to be noticed. Um, and I was like, wow, that was so me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're all whatever girl. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I was, but I didn't know it at the time. So I kept that in my mind that that's what I wanted to do. I did little radio shows in our production classes and um, but at that time, women in radio, women in TV wasn't like a career. It was more like a fun thing. Maybe you could, maybe you could do it, maybe not. Um, so I decided I was going to go into it and when I get into college, uh, I finished high school early. I was 17 and I uh, got an internship. I was in the Hancock building, walking around the top floor with relatives for the, you know, umpteenth time. And there was a guy sitting there typing away and it said channel five news traffic. And I went, Ooh, 
oh, that's TV. I'm going to go in there and see if they have internships. So one, it took guts, take a risk, get out there, just freaking do it. What do you have to lose, right? It's a Saturday morning. I'm walking around with some family in the Hancock building. And here it turns out to be the owner of the company who happened to be working on a Saturday. And I said, do you have internships? And um, it probably helped a little that I, I looked cute at that time in my life. And uh, <laughs> sexist male that he was. Uh, we're friends to this day, by the way. Um, he hired me to be an internship. But he said, no, first you got to get on the air in college. I need to hear you before I can have you come in and do what I thought was going to be TV. It turned out to be traffic reports from Chicago for um, the Chicago area for radio station. Channel 5 used to own it. He purchased it. So I was like, okay, cool. Foot in the door. Go to college first semester. Hey, I want to get on the college radio station. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to wait two years, take your basics, then you're going to go to journalism school, and then maybe you'll get in. Nope, that's not going to work for me. What's my other option? Well, we got a cable station where we train people. You know, if there's an opening, it might be like 4 to 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, cool, put me on the list. Here comes October, and the guy calls me and says, you want it? And I, I kept calling. So persistence was another part of what I learned at a young age. Take the risk be persistent. So here I am trudging across the University of Illinois campus in three feet of snow after I'd been out partying, uh, going to this radio station at 4 a.m. But I learned how to put a record on the turntable. I learned how to get comfortable listening to myself on the mic. I learned how to read a PSA, a public service announcement. Those were the basics of what I would do for the next 30 years. Had no idea. I'm going to school uh, thinking I might be an entertainment lawyer. So I majored in political science. Um, and finished my degree at Berkeley, and I got a speech communications degree, and I thought, well, I'm going to be a lawyer at some point, but this is fun. This got me to DJ at the clubs. This got me to be on the college radio station and pay my tuition. Um, this got me to hang out with Boy George when I was 18. Um, Daryl Hall oh and John. Oh, my God. Right, John. <laughs> That's Alan like amazing. All these 80s rockers. You know, this got me to hang out with these folks, and I'm like, this gig is cool, and they pay you to do it. But then I ran into the issue of, I'm a woman. Oh, women can't be on during the day. I'm so sorry because, you know, men really like your voices at night. So if you can do that sexy voice thing at night, that'll oh, be fun. Like, but this one, who I, oh, I BB guns. I, I drink Jack Daniels. I'm, you know what so I mean? We can I, do that football. or we can be phone sex operators. The, the, are those the options? That will be up. So I said, how do I break this barrier? How can I break this barrier? And so at the age of, I'm going to say probably 1920, I started thinking, what can I do? Well, why not incorporate that good voice with a spicy personality, right? I like to joke. I like to, you know, kind of play around a little bit. I like to push those boundaries. So I created a personality hoping it would kick down some of those doors. And it did. And I wound up getting hired in San Francisco when I was 21 to work for a station called K101, which I think now might be, let's see, it was Star and I don't know what it is now, whatever 101 on the dial is. So I got in there doing evenings, of course, because women were on at night. Um, and then I got an offer to go to a hip hop station there called KMEL to do overnights because again, Women are primarily on at night, or you can be a sidekick to a dude. So now we're into the mid-late 80s. Then I got an offer in 89 to go down to 
Southern California and open up a hip hop station. They didn't really have one there at that time. And we're going to give you middays. And I was like, cool. So uh, one of the first women to be on during the day in Los Angeles. And from there, I just would continually stand my ground, push the boundaries, make sure women were making as much money as men because I'm extremely dollar motivated. Um, and so it was, you know, oftentimes me even coming up against other women um, saying, hey, we need to get paid the same. Fight yeah, for your dollar, dollar motivation is, uh, is key for sure. So that's kind of, I've, I've always been somebody who has been a risk taker. I've always been somebody who is a problem solver. So for me, solving my own problems, you know, I had a lot of dead ends. I had a lot of uh, sexist men who wanted to do air check sessions in hotels. And, um, you know, I had a lot of people who uh, wanted to keep women in their place, but we kept pushing. And then I was invited to do um, mornings in uh, San Francisco and my male co-host um, was fired. And so I was able to anchor the show there. We called it the morning zoo in uh, San Francisco. And had I remember the, time. the morning zoo. Yeah, we had the time of our lives, I'm telling you. Who was, the, who was the co-host that got fired? Rick Chase. Oh, uh, dude, I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where is he now? In the Rest in right? peace. Rest in peace. He passed over a, a while ago. Um, he, was a, he, was like, he was a big guy, right? Yes, he was extremely yeah. creative, so talented, so creative, so funny. Uh, really great guy, loved working with him, um, but some of his demons got the best of him and um, he was let go from the station and they said, die, it's yours. So I worked with the folks I had and um, we had an amazing time. Everyone went on to do really great things um, and are still in broadcasting for the most part today. Um, and uh, it gave me the opportunity to go, hey, I can lead this crew. Let's, let's do this, you know, and learning from what I didn't like, what I'd seen previously, I was able to do that. And then I was invited to come down to LA and do a show with myself uh, and Michelle. First time they'd ever let women do a morning radio show. We're Why do you think like women are not, because uh, even now, like women, there's not a lot of women. I think, Stacy, you had said there's only one woman headlining in San Francisco or I, I don't know, but why aren't women like on the radio? What, yeah, like, it, it's probably um, Sarah with Vinny, you know, yeah. and she found her niche. She was lucky. She was at an alternative rock station where that alternative concept was there. You have to remember men run the business. So as long as men run the business and older men, right, I'm talking older men. I was lucky enough to work with and Keith Naftali, uh, Joey Arbage, Keith is now the head of A&R, um, I want to say for, um, he was with Clive Davis for a while, uh, Universal. Um, Joey Arbage, another person that moved up in the music industry. These were gay men um, who identified with both worlds. So they're like, this woman can do this job as opposed to, oh, she's a woman. Oh, you have a kid? Yeah, you know, we, we're kind of worried that you might not show up for work or you're gonna need sick days. I'm like, you're freaking kidding me. I will bring my child, I will put him in that soundproof studio next to mine. <laughs> I will put him on a papoose and he it's will be it's here. It's soundproof right? for a reason, it's cool. <laughs> you know, and, and by the way, if my ratings suck, then talk to me. 
So we, we live in this world now where, I mean, I have satellite radio in my car. I'm sure a lot of other people do too. There's, I don't know, 42,856 radio stations out there to listen to at any given time. And yet it still feels like there's not very many women. Why? So radio's, radio's kind of a, a dinosaur industry. You've got uh, all these other avenues to hear entertainment on, on your dial, let's say Spotify, right? So what is that, a beast? <laughs> yes, it's dying. It's dying. Radio's dying. If you're a news station, if you're sports, you're good. If you're a music station, um, you know, you just don't have the revenue anymore. You don't have the revenue coming in to pay the staff to diversify in radio. So unless some magical wand gets hit and radio comes back, most people listen to their own stuff, especially the younger generations. They're listening to their own stuff in the car. They're, yeah, they're Spotify. streaming something through their phone, right? Um, and so like a um, Spotify or like a Sirius XM where you can get different formats, there's just other options that aren't logged with all these commercials um, that people go to. So now that it's diversified, radio just isn't the medium that it used to be. I always love when I'm driving and I listen to a lot of talk radio and every now and again, I'll hear your voice. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, like, I, I remember I was driving back and forth from the office one day and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Diana. Uh, it's like for a zip recruiter, maybe yeah. or some commercial. Yeah. I was like, it's so funny yeah. to hear the different tones. And now that I know, like you do a lot of different um, yeah. commercials. Um, yeah. Who was the most, I, I'm going to, I don't even know if you could say this, but who was the most wonderful person that you've ever like got to interview and get to know? And who was like the worst person that you were just like, get away from me. I cannot with you. I would say, uh, Ty, your breakfast is on the table. I would say um, Arsenio Hall, obviously my favorite of all. Arsenio met in the 90s. Um, he came and hung out with me at the station. He was shocked to total hell that I was a white woman. Um, and, but we kind of had this crazy bond after that. And he invited me to be his announcer on his TV show um, and do a lot of the creative voiceover stuff that we did together. So he would be my favorite. He is one of the kindest. Um, he's just funny. Uh, just a good-hearted, very humble person. Um, I, 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 by the way, I get that a lot, too. People are shocked that I'm just a white woman. <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah, I mean, when they I'm put like, it, I'm as white as they come. I, I think I have rhythm I don't. It's, yeah. it's, well, no. I do. I am, uh, I am a soul sister from another life, and I've, I've come to uh, terms with that. I also have the ass that goes with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's always important. That's cute. I was interviewing, doing something on a red carpet and Samuel Jackson comes up and, he, and we're talking and I'm interviewing him and he goes, wait a minute, you're Diana Steele? And I'm like, uh-huh. And he goes, uh-uh. I thought it was a sister. And I'm like, well, no. And he goes, hold up, turn around. So I do a little twirl and he goes, you a sister. We go. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson loves me. So um, I would say worst, you know, every once in a while when we got into hip hop and raps, a lot of these artists had no personalities. They came from backgrounds where, you know, they just didn't have that kind of speaking capability. So I would probably say, you know, I can't pinpoint any exactly other than, you know, sometimes they'd come in and just have an attitude because I was white. So they wouldn't give me any love. And I would come back at them full force. Like I was not intimidated by any of that stuff, right? Um, what would you do in that case? Like, what, what would you say to, to break down that barrier between you? 
Sometimes you can't. I mean, sometimes the wall is so high that you can't, right? Um, you know, I remember Jay-Z came in for an interview. We were at Z95.7 in San Francisco. Very white, Mormon-owned station. Um, he came in with Mace. And at first, Jay-Z was, I, I could tell Jay-Z was more um, business-like. He was more used to being around different races of people. He came in, he kind of looked around, he's shaking his head. Okay, okay, I know where I'm at. He wasn't incredibly open and cool until he saw my little four-year-old at that time running down the hallway, who's biracial. All of a sudden, he identifies with this kid. He says, hey, man, Rich, who are you with? Who's your mom? He's like, oh, that's my mom. Now we had a bond, right? Now it was like, okay, Jay-Z was cool with me, but Mace was still a jerk. He didn't say much through the whole interview. So, you know, years later, I ran into him, and, you know, it was funny because it was like, dude, you know, you were, like, not nice to me back then. And he was like, yeah, I know, whatever. And so just different things that had gone on. Um, uh, and you just get through it. I mean, you just move around it. I don't let it stop me. You know, um, I might surprise them with information that I know, knowledge that I have about somebody. Um, you know, just sometimes it's just educating people. It's just letting them know that you're not who they think you are. Right. So you, so you let the four-year-old out of the soundproof booth. That's good for you. Yes, I did. I, I had, Solid, solid decision. Yeah, he's a very large child. He's about the size of an eight-year-old at that time, so there was no containing him. <laughs> so have you ever had, you know, like a fangirl moment where you've gotten to interview someone who you just were awestruck by that was just like, wow, I can't believe, like, I'm doing this? Um, yes. So I was at the Ivy having lunch with a client. I know that sounds very bougie, but my client was Kevin Jewelers in Los Angeles. I think, Sam, you, you may. Yep, yep. So Kevin had said, let's go do lunch. So our crew went out there, just a couple people from the office. And walking by the table, I see who we then knew as The Rock slash Dwayne Johnson, uh -oh. who was getting, he was just moving into that whole big movie picture thing at that time. This is the early 2000s. And uh, I said to my producer, dude, that is Dwayne Johnson. That's The Rock. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, well, let me go look. So he comes back. He goes, it's him. He's waiting to go in the bathroom. And I'm like, ooh. So I get up and I run over to the bathroom. Well, it's unisex bathrooms. So we're standing there waiting and I go, hi, I just want to introduce myself. I have this radio show in LA. We would love to have you on. And he goes, oh, that's really cool. And I said, you know, come on the show. You can pimp whatever you're doing. And he goes, you just say pimp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's my lingo. I apologize. Let me just, you know, I mean, you can come promote. No, no, you said pimp. And he said, I am playing the role of a pimp in the movie I'm doing. We're filming across the street. And I'm like, no way. And I said, well, now that we're talking, did you really have part of your pectoral muscles removed from your pecs to be in the movie Be Cool because he played a gay character and they felt he was too firm, so muscular. So I said, did they really take part of your pectoral muscle out? He said, they did. Would you like to feel it? Well, what? Absolutely. So All in the line at the bathroom. <laughs> All in the bathroom line at the IV. We're out of the bathroom. We aren't in the bathroom yet. So I put my hands up his shirt, and, and I'm feeling on the sides of his breast where, yes, he does decisions. There are scars there on Dwayne Johnson. And, yes, he does. I said, oh, my gosh. As I'm feeling him, my producer walks up. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling up the rock. I'm feeling the rock up. So that's that. Did he, did he come on the show? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
but it didn't matter. Here's my other question. The Ivy was forward thinking enough to have unisex bathrooms in the early 2000s? Yes. How very Allie McBeal of them. Yes, as was, uh, was it Wolfgang, Wolfgang Puck's place? Did you say Wolfgang? I think you did. Wolfgang? Wolfgang? Wolfgang Puck's restaurant was Spago. Spago also had Yes, yes the Spago, the Spago. So LA, San Francisco, Chicago, is there anywhere you have found to be your most favorite place to be on the radio? Uh, definitely LA because you had access to all of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the beauty of it. On any given day, you could pretty get much get any um, uh, publicist. My pool guy's here, so beware. The uh, dogs are about to go insane. Ty, can you close the back door, please? Rodney's here. <laughs> oh, God. This is mom life. Mom life at its finest. Right? Um, bear with me one sec. And so I think the, the moral of the... Oh, there they go again. <laughs> I tried to assert. <laughs> but where I, else can you be other than like Los Angeles where you can just run into like the rock at the bathroom yeah. in a restaurant? And Yeah, that's exactly why that was probably the most fun. I mean, other cities that I worked in, um, you know, San Francisco, uh, we would get folks that would come up here because, you know, they were pr mostly music artists, like they're promoting um, their album, they're promoting a concert they have, they're going to be at, so they'd stop by to say hi. So in, in that level, you would get mostly music people. But the cool thing about Los Angeles was, you know, everybody was always promoting something. And so if your station was, you know, high enough in the numbers, or they just liked your station, they wanted to come by and talk about it. Um, that freedom no longer exists in radio. Uh, radio has become so much of a machine now that, you know, um, you just don't have that same access. You can't do long interviews anymore. You can't, you know, I had Quincy Jones on for like two hours. Stevie Wonder and I hung out for a good hour. You know, so you just don't have that flexibility anymore, which is, no. you know, why I kind of lost people need, my... People need quick hits now. No one has an attention span longer than 42 seconds. Yeah. Everybody has ADD, ADHD right now. Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah, push the button, go to the next. So, yeah. So, Di, like, if somebody was wanting, if a young woman, let's say, wanted to get into journalism and broadcasting, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, you would tell her about the industry that you've seen grown, you know, you've grown up in it. So what are some of the, the little tricks of the trade that maybe you could pass on to some of our listeners that may be interested in, in dabbling in the, the field? Well, I think in broadcasting, you know, journalism itself, there's so many things you can do. You can do camera work, you can do production work, you can do, gosh, there's just so much now that's open to women that wasn't open to women, you know, 20 years ago. Um, as far as broadcasting goes, I always recommend that people, you know, fine tune your craft. Don't think you're going to walk in the door and somebody's go, you're amazing. Um, that's not going to happen. So you really have to fine tune your craft. For instance, if somebody wanted to do voiceover, hey, everybody tells me I've got this great voice. Okay, cool. Uh, what you can do is take a class, find a class near you, a voice acting class or an improv acting class where you learn how to express yourself vocally. Uh, next step is um, get yourself a demo, which basically means recording yourself on your own equipment, doing commercials, put snippets of that together. And there are so many websites where you can now uh, put these together. Folks come there, listen to you and go, yeah, I'll put them on my commercial. And then, you know, 
you learn how to produce it and do it. It's really easy. It's not hard to do voiceover. Radio, uh, start off as an intern. Get in there as an intern. See if it's something you really like um, and uh, try to work your way up that way. I mean, I started doing, um, you know, overnights and worked my way into uh, daytime. You know, it reminds me a little bit of um, one of my personal favorite movies, Pitch Perfect, where she finally got her opportunity to play her music on the radio, and it was like three o'clock in the morning. Do you remember that scene? Yep. That's yep. you in like your your twenty year old self. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was terrified. My first job in major market radio, I had my um, my husband at the time sleep on the floor in the studio because I was so afraid to be on the air by myself, like opening the mic, and even though I'd done it a million times in a smaller. Um, place. It just was really difficult. Um, I never got into TV because I was too insecure about my looks. I wish somebody at that time would have said, you know, oh my goodness, are you crazy? Um, because that really would have been my dream would to be a news reporter because I love politics, love politics. So, but I never went that way because I didn't have the confidence. So um, don't let anybody tell you, you can't do something. Right. Because of, don't limit yourself because you don't think you fit into that um, that picture that it's supposed to be. Don't ever limit yourself. Words to live by. And something else that's interesting about Di is that she's not only a single mom, but a solo parent and has been for ever, yeah. uh, raising two boys alone. Um, and you know, that journey I know has not been easy. That nope. journey's had its, its struggles, but one of the things I find most endearing about you is your passion and your focus for, you know, you, you weren't going to let the things in your environment that weren't going the way that, that you wanted them to go, you weren't going to let that take you down. And I think yep. your story and the story of many women like you is really inspirational and it's really cool. And it's, I've, I've really enjoyed, I mean, I've known you for, I feel like forever. Yeah. At my wedding, like, Oh my God, it's been forever now. Uh, but I think your story is just super cool. And I think there's a lot more women that can identify with, I mean, not the fact that you'd have had this amazing radio career, but the fact that but you've, Made it happen. Yeah. Number one, be resourceful. Be resourceful. The internet provides you with so many advantages to finding, pursuing, learning what it is you want to do, and then freaking go to YouTube and learn how to do it. I mean, I can't tell you how lucky people are today to be able to find information and learn how to do whatever they're interested in, whatever it is. Just be resourceful and have on the internet. Everything's on the internet. But I think, and I always, I keep, I always like to toot Fleece's horn, right? You and Fleece have very similar lives with, you know, raising children alone that are of mixed race. And, you know, there is a lot of different things that go along with that. And, yeah. you know, you women are making it happen. And it's really, yeah, but I yeah. didn't, I didn't have the soundproof booth. I would have wanted one of them. I yeah. should have built one. I could have gone to YouTube and figure out how to build one. Yeah. And yeah. I also say, something that I challenged me as a woman was I wanted to adopt. Like Hunter was my birth son, knowing that I would tell guys when I dated them, hey, if you're cool in third place, we can hang out because it's my job that pays for my kid. You're gonna be in third place. If you can handle that, great. But I knew that having that parameter in my life meant I probably wasn't gonna get married again. I probably wasn't gonna have a big family. And I didn't want my son to miss out on that. So I decided to adopt. I hit many barriers because of race. Uh, uh, agencies that had biracial kids would not let me adopt because I was white. Um, and uh, other agencies wouldn't let me adopt because I was single. So I went the foster care route and I was able to adopt a little boy who is such a piece of my heart. I've had him since I was one and a half through the foster care system. So if I can 
you know, even put that out there that, you know, the, the blessing that I have received from having that boy, Ty, in my life is far greater than anything I could give him. Absolutely. So, and as a single mom, right? There you go. You get resourceful and you figure it out. How old are the boys now? Ty man is 15 going on 30. <laughs> um, he's in the next room. Hunter is 24. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just as women, um, you know, utilize each other as friends, as resources, um, keep pushing, never limit yourself. Um, you know, I was going to do a podcast called 50 and Fabulous because I felt like uh, so many women when they turn 50 are either changing their life um, in a big way uh, for various reasons or they feel like, you know, oh, shoot, I didn't accomplish what I wanted to. Do it, and girl. Why, why aren't you doing it? Do it, do it, do it. Yeah. So well, we, I'm, could, I'm, we could teach okay. you how to unedit and yeah. unedit, right? Not do Let it. it fly. Yeah. I mean, really. Where I am in my life right now is 100% content. I have an amazing job. I work for an amazing company. Um, I, I absolutely love what I do. I still can do my fun stuff on the side, my voiceover work. Um, I feel completely blessed. I mean, the only thing I'm missing is, you know, feeling Jane, Dwayne Johnson's breasts. I mean, that's really... Right. The but fact you that you got to do path. that, I know. Yeah. I think the rest of us will never box. have that opportunity. I think we're all missing feeling <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's breath. You so. check that box and that's, that's yeah. solid. Yeah. 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 Left on the bucket list. That's for sure. I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty special. I wish that I had that story in my toolbox. <laughs> that is amazing. I have met before, Samantha. Someday we'll, someday I'll tell you more. It's gonna, it's gonna have to include a big bottle of wine. Oh, wait, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Okay. Right? Fair, fair. I, I think we're all in. I, I don't know if I'm alone here, but I have so much uh, information going through my brain about what you just said through this whole thing about how you got started and became the voice of steel. And we wanna thank you. Uh, for joining us today and uh, have our inspired listeners um, continue listening to us as we make our way through our podcasts and learning how to do this as Danielle has done so well throughout Diane, her career. Diane, not Danielle. I mean, Danielle, Diane. Diane. Listen, I get Danielle all the time. I don't write <laughs> sex books. However, I have a lot that I could put into a book. I will not. Um, I was the voice of Augie in the Wonder Book, in the audio book, if anybody has ever heard that, all their little middle-aged kid, middle school kids that have to take oh it. Gosh. But I just thank you guys for doing this. I think the platform is amazing. Um, you know, sorry that you had to interview a radio person that likes to talk for uh, a lot and forever. Um, but I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome, oh. that's perfect. Diana Steele, we <laughs> wanna thank you for joining okay. the Inspired Girl. Crew and thank our listeners. That's all I got. Goodbye.